This episode of Probably Science is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website, portfolio, or online store. For a free trial and 10% off your first purchase, go to squarespace.com and use offer code PROBABLYSCIENCE. Probably Science. Welcome to Probably Science After Hours. We're, we're indoors. That was Andy Wood. I'm Matt Kirsch, and we are in we're in the Andy Boudoir. Mm-hmm. We're uh, we're joined by this is someone I wanted to get on the show for a long time. We've we've never managed to make it work because she's so damn busy and successful. With the fantastic Beth oh. Stelling. Hey everybody! Thank you for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me. Good to be in your room. Is this a little bit creepy? No, it's not creepy at all. I like it's love to see where all the Andy Wood <laughs> magic happens this with your is wood. Where the magic, mostly receipts, piled up receipts, bananas, bananas, which I don't even want to know what you use right. those <laughs> well, for. You have those in a bedroom. Oh, again, because of my sleep eating roommate, mm-hmm. you can't trust any food you <laughs> left in the kitchen. Nah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, we've, this is a part of an ongoing saga. One of oh my goodness, Andy has a Look at, and Jesse have a roommate. A I'm going to go off the headphones here and trust this is working. Uh, this is my liquor cabinet because I can't trust the alcoholic who lives in the pool house. Oh my god! <laughs> have we talked about that on air? Am I telling tales out of school? Is he going to hear listen to this part? And uh, he's no. borderline deaf. So okay, so he didn't so. hear the cabinet open, and he can't guess which cabinet it's in. Is it now? Is it him or the other one who regularly, when he it's sees him. us podcasting, tells us to have a good blog? Yeah. He's, oh, amazing! A good blog, guys. Hey, you have a good blog out there. <laughs> yep. I had a roommate that ate my granola bars. She was a she was a wonderful person, still is a wonderful person. Uh, and she was a religious person, and so I joked that I was going to leave her a note that said W W J E. What would Jesus eat? <laughs> <laughs> Not my granola bars. Not my granola bars. You, I like it. You left it in the impersonal, though. You didn't name and shame. Mm-mm. Yeah, yeah. No, I didn't name our roommate either. Although we have named him on a past episode, but if you haven't. You gotta go You'll back have to go and back and it. figure out what that Keen was. Yeah. Listeners to the show can probably work out exactly who. <laughs> well, also they can work out. Oh, it's the two people who live with Andy and Jesse. <laughs> two people. Anyone who lives in this house who isn't yep. the two other hosts of this podcast is probably the people we're talking about. <laughs> uh, shout out to Jesse, by the way. This week, Jesse is ill. Get better soon, Jesse. Feel better, Jesse. Don't get me sick. No. Uh, <laughs> You have your own bathroom, so that helps a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And apparently you eat in here, too. So. I eat. I do. Uh, this is a self-contained apartment, almost. I got the couch there. And I'm looking, the, uh, office. The, uh, office. I'm looking at the uh, headboard, which is a mirror. Have we not talked about <laughs> Does that? Does everybody the... know that Andy's headboard's know. a mirror? Okay, guys. Okay, okay. <laughs> okay. I moved in. This thing was here. I can hardly when sit still over here on this stool. This, this, <laughs> this was not a ploy, Beth Stelling. I'm, I was not trying to get you. That, I didn't. That mirror headboard came with came with the place, and if it weren't there, I dare say the bedroom would look smaller. Like okay. mirrors, it's purely to give to give <laughs> to, to give open up the size, appear open closer up the space. than. No, 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 no. You guys mm-hmm. have you guys got me all wrong. This is a very listen. This is a platonic. You think it might mirror. be a little skeezy, but I think it's great. <laughs> I think it's great for sexual encounters. It's not for it's for opening up the space. Sure, <laughs> opening up the lady space. Opening up. Yeah, <laughs> just really get being able Guys, to see right in there. This probably besides after hours. It's loose. I like it's it. After hours. It's after hours. We're in a bedroom. Hours. This is the latest recording we've done. I believe it's ten forty-five p.m. 
Pacific Daylight Time. Uh, <laughs> Pacific Standard. So Pacific set your watches time. accordingly. Anyone who's listening yes. wants to be synced up with this show. Mm-hmm. Start it now. Yeah, you don't want to listen to this and be off the uh, circadian. Well, I'm assuming everyone who listens to our show has like a reception area with 10 world clocks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like Los Angeles, Beijing, London, New York, probably science, Dayton, Paris. Ohio. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. get some of those. Um, we got some people to thank. Yes, we do. Uh, uh, first of all, and um, we <laughs> this is a we forgot to thank this person. Uh, and we've told people in the past, hey, if we miss you out of the thanks, that's nothing personal. We just fucked up and missed the email. Uh, so thank you, Caitlin Stuckbury. Stuckbury. I thought it was Stuckbury. Stuckbury. Did I make that up? I don't know. I'm not sure. There Caitlin wasn't a pronunciation Stukbury. guide, but but thank you, Caitlin, who donated and also. Uh, wrote a really cool email that I think is a bit too long to read out now, but saying that our podcast and then also TOFOP, which is Will Anderson's podcast, helped her through some shitty times. So thank you, and you're welcome, and thanks for rewriting in. And she also sent some stories in that we might get a chance to get around to, so hopefully we will. And then also a big thanks to Jen White, who helped us out last week and called us, gave us some information and help on sorting out the financial side of us. I don't know if you remember, we were talking about how she works with charities on the donation getting side and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And she spent quite a while talking to me, Andy and Jesse, and which was already nice of her. And now she's donated some money. And I don't know whether that's her being extra nice or whether that's just her sneakily proving a point. Like, see, you it listen worked. to me, you get more money. Yeah. It worked. <laughs> well, Speaking of that, either way, thank you, Jen. And, and please donate to the show. Uh, if you enjoy the show, we would uh, love it for you to kick in a few dollars to help us cover our costs. Um, if you go to propertyscience.com, there's the donation button. Yeah. Any amount you can send, that really helps us out. And also anyone who's shopping on Amazon, which I'm sure a lot of you do regularly, go to the Amazon tab and click through to your country of choice. And it gives us a little commission. It costs you nothing. And any of you who are drinkers, that's the sound of an icy cold... Lagunitas IPA, the official beer of Probably Science, Yum. which I can enjoy guilt-free because it is after the sun has set. Uh, yeah, it's delicious. <laughs> and uh, as a couple of listeners have tweeted pictures of themselves having their first Lagunitas. I didn't realize that everyone hasn't had this. I, I've Maybe I'm just like... Um, uh, too much in the beer world having yeah. spent time in Portland I just you know I know my beers guys but uh, if you haven't if you haven't treated yourself to Lagunitas do it it's delicious uh, but listen um, Beth we always ask our guests this before we get into the stories what if anything is your background in science oh dear okay it's okay if it's zero yeah yeah yeah, yeah. oh I would just say background um, in science okay let's think um, <laughs> or, chemistry okay. was okay yeah. also I thought I wanted to be a veterinarian for a long time. Oh, okay. So then my senior year rolled around in high school and I took AP bio and I got a C, which was generous from Mrs. Hobby. Did you and take the test? I don't remember. The Probably AP not. Test? Probably no. not if you don't remember. No, no, yeah. no. I, pro- I didn't because I was like, you know what I'll do? Study theater. Yes. And then I did. But I wanted to be a vet. And then that didn't happen. Just because of the bio? Well, I mean, I'm sure I could have persevered and done that, but I just felt like it was an a, a indication that perhaps that wasn't the field for me. Yeah. I just, I think that because I got such good grades in other courses, I felt like if I really cared or was actually interested, mm-hmm. then I would have probably tried harder. 
Because I wasn't a bad student. Like a C was a low grade for me. Yeah, yeah. Did you do well in math, or is that also not really your um, speed as much? Yeah, I mean, no. I yeah. didn't. I hated algebra. I loved geometry because it was so easy. You thought geometry was easy, not algebra. Interesting. Right. That's how I feel about it. That's what I remember. Okay. But yeah. So I guess English, the arts, things yeah. like that. And then you th- studied theater in college? Studied theater. I, went, I was going for journalism for a little while, and then I had to take some law classes because of it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, hell no. Had to take some law classes? Law. Business oh, okay. law. Yeah, it was like, I forget what the name of the class was. But um, yeah, and then I just kind of didn't get into that. And then I was like, oh, I'll be a teacher just in case the theater thing doesn't work out. Uh-huh. I did a lot of paths, but I graduated with a BA in theater. Magna Excellent. cum laude. Ooh. Ooh. Did you have to do any kind of... Uh, <laughs> Can you really brag about a theater degree? Sure. Do you have to do some kind of like final performance on which you're graded? You know, like, is I think that, like, it's a culmination of things. You had to do so many... Ooh. What was that noise? It was like cat sneezing. Was that what that was? <laughs> We don't have cats here. Oh, I guess this neighborhood, yeah, we have rats and cats. They're just things, we have they're rats and cats. things that belong to the neighborhood. That are not so anyway, yeah, ours. I think it was just a culmination of things. You had to either perform or work on a production over yeah. your four years, and you had to meet all of those. They were called like 200s, meaning the, the class. You had to have so many 200s. Okay. Anyway. Did you have to do a science course as part of that then? Or? It was a liberal arts school, so we did. And I think I had to do a com- computer science course, which okay. I took in summer school and just snuck by. Nice. So yeah, I just ne- I never yeah. I'm, I'm it's not, okay. We don't even. We, it's not a requirement for guests on the show, right? It, well, I, uh, I, I'm just letting you know. I it's don't interesting feel too to know everyone's but... paths. I'm impressed with somebody who knows what they want. Like even if comedy isn't exactly theater, that you are in the area that you studied. Because I've come so far away from you know I've changed my mind about what I want to do like five times. In my yeah, life. I mean I even did in college. Like I said, it was like journalism or education or what am I gonna? Because I went in undecided, yeah, and then yeah. I. When I got there, I auditioned for the theater department. That's awesome. Yeah. And then I was glad I did that. Matt, did you ever study theater formally? Oh, no. Never? No, no like I, I middle was Middle school theater Naturally project. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was... To- it totally helped me be more comfortable. I, I, I bet it would have been... I mean, it would have been useful, but I had no idea. Like My first stand-up gig when I, I was in my third year at university, and that was... I think the third time I can ever remember in my life being on stage in a dramatic context. Yeah. And it was like a nativity play when I was seven Uh and then playing second servant in a school production of Macbeth when I was 13. And then my first stand-up gig when I was 21. Wow. So it was like almost every seven years, almost give or take. And then that's when you're, you're going to be in um, streetcar named desire here coming up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I was totally, like it was just the fact that I was really into comedy and I really wanted to do yeah, stand up. I, I never thought I would have been a stand up. I'm not saying like I will when I hear people talking and they're like I just I never dreamed of this. <laughs> I just fell into it. It's like yeah. there are indications just, yeah. of course. Does just sing a song right now? Yeah. <laughs> no, I guess like turn that. Yeah. Don't make me right. sing. So it, it is a little it irks me when people are like I just never thought I cuz it's like I never yeah. I, I I didn't ever dream of being a stand up. I didn't watch it growing up or get really into it. You didn't watch lo- it. You did not watch it growing up. No. Oh, okay. Interesting. No. But I always loved comedy. I was basically, I loved Jim Carrey, Robin Williams, right. Eddie Murphy. Like I just grew up watching their movies, loving those and wanting to do theater. Yeah. And so then it was, it wasn't until college where I was like, Oh, maybe I could be try stand up. Yeah. 
So yeah, I, I, I never thought it was going to be a career at all, but I loved it, and I was obsessed with memorizing comedians, yeah, acts, and and yeah, because like I was a, just a, such a child of television, and I was thirteen when Comedy Central started, so I was wow. just watching everything. That's like those are the years when you're just, or I don't know, when I was just glued to the TV, yeah, all day long. So like I. Last week we had Jordan Brady on and I, and we had Paul Provenza on. They were all over all those like stand up, stand up and the A-list and MTV had the half hour comedy, like every channel, like it was the end of the comedy boom, but like TV wise, it was everywhere on cable. Yeah. So cool. yeah, I was obsessed with it. Oh, by the way, this is a tiny bit of housekeeping before we get into the stories. Another thing I forgot, we finally, a few of you have messaged us in the past saying, why aren't you on Stitcher? And we were holding off just because we weren't quite sure how it worked and what the deal yeah. was. And then we've spoken to some other people now who run podcasts. And they're like, they're like yeah, you go. should probably be on Stitcher. So now we are. We are now on Stitcher if you... Cool. But if you're listening to this, you found a way to listen to this without Stitcher anyway. So yeah. it's like... But, say, but you might have that one the, friend who you've yeah. tried, told them about our show. And you're like, hey, you got to listen to Property Science. And they're like, well, I can't find it on Stitcher. And that's the only way I listen to podcasts. And they prefer the interface. They the might Stitcher. prefer the interface. Yep. Yeah. I haven't used it. Um, but it seems to be... I guess for Android users, it's a big thing, right? Is that the kind That's of... That's my uh, understanding. My understanding is Stitcher is bigger in the Android world. All right, all you Android listeners, you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> By the way, we had a couple uh, listeners email in a bunch of stories, but also just a few quick comments. Um, Jules from Melbourne, Australia wrote in uh, just to say he thinks that Schrodinger is a great name for a cat. Thank you, Jules. Schrodinger? His wife thinks... His wife was outraged for some reason. She thinks it's morally wrong or something. What do you guys think? Um, what we think is immaterial because if you just got a cat uh chances are you've given it a name at this point and uh, until you tell us what that name is it has both the name schrodinger and a name that is not schrodinger schrodinger at the same time and until you collapse those states into one by telling us what you've named it it uh it it's immaterial what we think is that right matt i think that's right yeah that works um i think you should go with either ding or schroeder schroeder might be good yeah it's like the little peanut. It's a wink. It's a nod to the uh, to the thought experiment. But that's also could be the it's the piano playing peanut, right? Yeah. P- uh, P- Schroeder. Listener Lenart has backed up the fact that naming stars is a big part of bullshit, and is linked to something that makes it more official. Thank you for that. He yeah. said you might as well point your telescope at trees and pay fifty dollars to quote name them. <laughs> yes, <laughs> pretty true. It also makes the point that apparently. There's more than one company claiming to name these stars that already have official astronomical names anyway. So there's a good chance you're also naming a star that right. someone else That's has named. named. So it is just like pointing at a person in the street and giving them it your really, own n- It's new no name. different to just going, ah, that's Captain Chuffy. <laughs> hey, <laughs> Captain Chuffy. <laughs> I told <laughs> you, it's Bob. Yeah. Until- it's genius um, on, on their part. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I've got, I mean, I, I'm not saying it's great or nice or good, but yeah, I, you've got to shitty. admire someone who came up with yeah. a business that is a set, essentially consists of nothing more than a website and a laser printer, yeah, mm-hmm. and the ability mm-hmm. to post. I mean, and then you can find your star, of course, but doesn't mean that somebody else isn't looking at the same <laughs> bright star. <laughs> For your thesis, you played the part of Five correct? <laughs> yeah. Sorry, everyone. I sang. What are you sorry for for giving them free entertainment? They should be thanking you. Yeah, that I mean that was a classically trained. That was a bonus. That is that is several years of tuition went exactly. into that. Exactly. So. How mm-hmm. much money was that? I don't even know. Thousands of dollars. Oh. I didn't even try, guys. Don't judge that. And listener Austin, Austin had a go at us for shitting on Topeka, Kansas. 
and then over the course of the email completely backed up why we should have shit on or shat on Topeka, Kansas. So thank you, Austin. It was just a go-to uh, middle-of-the-country city pick on yeah. Jesse's part. He was talking about why Spider-Man's powers aren't that useful unless you're in a city with like tall skyscrapers, right? Like, Yeah, and the point was made. Yeah, yeah. yeah I guess that's a great point, actually. Right? I would yeah. also thank yeah, you. I've never thought about that. Yeah. And also Kansas. Last time I was there, it just smelled like just straight up cow poop. Oh, see, now we're getting... Sorry. Austin's going to send us another email sorry, now. Sorry, Austin. We're sorry. I'm sorry. You're, it it smelled great. <laughs> and we had a bunch of listeners send in stories. So should we just get into it? Yeah, let's just Why go straight into not? it. not? What kind of story do you want to kick off with there, Andy? Uh, I'm a fan of Google's attempts to map the healthy human body. That sounds good. That's pretty awesome. That was a story sent in by Anthony Ezzo, who sent stuff in the past. Yep. Uh, So Google has embarked on what may be its most ambitious and difficult science project ever, a quest inside the human body. Uh, Called Baseline Study, the project will collect anonymous genetic and molecular information from 175 people and later thousands more to create what the company hopes will be the fullest picture of what a healthy human being should be. That should's a little uh, editorializing there, isn't it? Uh, mm-hmm. uh, the early stage project is run by Andrew Conrad, a 50-year-old molecular biologist who pioneered cheap high-volume tests for HIV and blood plasma donations. Dr. Conrad joined Google X, the company's research arm, in March of 2013, and he's built a team of 70 to 100 experts from fields including physiology, biochemistry, optics, imaging, and molecular biology. And other mass medical and genomics studies exist, but Baseline will amass a much larger and broader set of new data. The hope is this will help researchers detect killers such as heart disease and cancer far earlier, pushing medicine more toward prevention rather than treatment of illnesses. Wow, Dr. Conrad, his stage name is actually Slim Good Body. (laughs) (laughs) What if that's the result of all this? He's just a dude in spandex with painted on organs. (laughs) Unveil it after spending a billion dollars. No, I love that you know Slim Goodbody. I, I love Slim Goodbody. I didn't know if that was like, do you know, was that a thing in your upbringing? No, uh, I don't know what it is at all. It was a guy. I just with, thought it was a funny word. Oh, yeah, it was Slim Goodbody. It was a guy with, with like a white guy fro kind of. You who, know, I remember, maybe I'm picturing him now older, but I remember a, a, a little balding. But okay. You're right. I mean. Maybe I'm confusing Richard Simmons in this guy. Yeah, uh, I think you might be. I've but got he, a picture up now. He looks a lot like Richard Simmons. Bald. Okay, so he yeah, does have okay, some hair yeah. going. He's, he's and he, he just wears a like skin-tight curly. beige skin tight. spandex suit that has organs mm-hmm. and muscles, muscles and, th- and things. And Which, by the things. way, I'm surprised that hasn't become a party outfit, given that... Yeah, oh my you know God. nostalgia of our generation wow, in general. What a great also, Halloween costume. You know those spandex all-in-one right, the body green, things? Yeah. Those I are what they're called. Oh, they're all the rage. Is it, what are they did, called? It's always sunny. Is that what made it's always sunny started featuring it, and now they're... Like any festival you go to now, at any music festival, certainly in the UK, and I'm sure it's the same in America, there's always packs of about five or six guys going around all wearing... The coolest the, guys. The best fun. <laughs> yes. like, and that's the thing. Once you see a guy wearing that, you should intercept that group of people because you know they're going to be really right. entertaining. Like, really fun guys. They're going to have well-defined personalities <laughs> that are really. not at all manufactured. Yeah. They're going to yeah. be the best. <laughs> They'll have excellent music taste. Yes. They fully develop their personalities. Yes, totally. So the fact that they need they don't need to wear that. Yeah, they they just, don't need to. No, no, no. They just that's how yeah. confident they are in their actual personalities. <laughs> they like, can also do this. <laughs> yeah. 
What if Slim Goodbody just sued Dr. Conrad? He's like, I've been doing I mean, this for it's years. It's been happening. Wait, Matt, you got the page up. Tell me, what, what's the story? Is this guy still around? What's his name? Slim Goodbody? I'm sorry. His name is Slim. I don't want to pull back the... No, I don't know. I was just on Google image search, but he does have slimgoodbody.com. Let's see. I love how Slim's in there. Here's what Fictional Wikipedia character. says. Okay, I was in the same place. Wikipedia says... The superhero of health, yeah. also known as Mr. Goodbody, is a fictional character created and performed by John Bernstein. Bernstein, Bernstein performs wearing a flesh-colored unitard <laughs> with various <laughs> tissues, organs, and organ systems painted on the front in biologically accurate locations and sizes. <laughs> Bernstein created the character in 1975. Each costume cost $4,000. Shush. Or $3 nowadays, <laughs> I would have thought. Yeah. I mean, uh, what? Wow. I'm trying to remember what I would see him on. Uh, he eventually received his own television series mm. in 1980, Inside Story on PBS. I'm he used sure to be on Captain Kangaroo. That. Maybe I saw him on that. I either saw him on Captain Kangaroo myself or PBS. And there was, oh, and he uh, he appeared in books published by McGraw, Hill, Putnam and Fairview Press. That is a textbook. And he has also mm. over the years addressed childhood obesity, bullying, personal safety, self-esteem, literacy and environmentalism and mm. software piracy mm. no that... <laughs> um yeah it said Me- he was on car mechanics like, <laughs> just like everything tv vcr <laughs> repair <laughs> a series of guys to life <laughs> making a will <laughs> i'm dressed like a will <laughs> god oh this is bringing my sony like for- that just reminded me I have so many snippets of ads from the 1980s stuck in my head like in one of those ads uh, this woman typing on a computer and then turns to the TV and goes I'm a computer repair technician we're really in demand and we make good money and, like the line <laughs> read was like that I just had that stuck in my head for some reason I remember I mean it's not this isn't that old but I speaking of slim slim fast give us a week we'll take off that way yes Tommy Lasorda I remember a shake for breakfast, sen- a shake for lunch, and then a sensible, sensible dinner. dinner. Uh, oh my god! In 2014, Slim Good Buddy appeared in a Radio Shack ad during the Super Bowl. What? So we're behind the curve on the on I the nostalgia. Check out for Bernstein. Him. Okay. Anyhow, so Google is. Uh, oh, also, if you go to slimbody com slash tour dates, you can see when Slim got Slim Good Buddy is coming to a how school does, near you. How does that site or look? Or an auditorium. Man? So. Does that site look well made? He's old now, guys. It, it looks all right made. It's, it's okay. Yeah, It's okayly made. Yeah. It's like Richard Simmons is still teaching classes in LA. Oh, yeah. Have you been to him? No, have you? Yes. I it's need to go. Is it fun? So much fun. Okay, Are you I'll been come. to a Richard Simmons? Oh, yeah. He accosted me. Yeah. If you're in LA, anybody who's in LA on a Saturday, go to Slimmons, which is the studio he's run throughout his career before he was famous. I need to do Kept this. it open the whole time. And it's open to anybody for like $10. And he he starts off, I think if you want to come early, there's an hour just like motivational class where he just talks to you and then there's an aerobics class and then he'll stay as long as he has to, to talk with every person, take pictures with everybody. He has a different costume every time. Like the time that I went, he was dressed up as Woody from Toy Story. Oh my God. And if you're a man and you're <laughs> oh in the class, God. first of all, he gets very sexual. Like everything he ever did on like Letterman, whenever he was, whenever we saw him on TV, it was always like... Toned down. Yeah. It was, you know, it was um, 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 innuendo, but like now it's just totally overt because he's got what you What kind in of his... innuendo did he manage to make out of Woody from Toy <laughs> Story? <laughs> How did he turn that into anything? No, but it would just be like, like during classes, like one of you is coming home with me tonight. And, just, and then after... Or no, during the class, if you're a man, he will he will circle everybody up at one point and then take all the men in the middle and pull their shirts off 
Like he was like running his fingers through my chest hair. Shush. No, this is totally real. Yeah, yeah. It was uh it was I need amazing. To go. You do need to go. I'll I post a picture. Took my mom. I'll post a picture of visiting. me with him as Woody over on probablyscience.com. Powered by Squarespace. The Squarespace. That's what I was asking. Like. I was asking if Slim Goodbody's site looked looked professional or not. Um, we could it looks just, all right. You know what? We he probably t- didn't use Squarespace. Yeah, he should be using Squarespace. Hey, check out Squarespace. That's what it's we use. Very simple. Guys, if you want to set up your own website, there's no better, cheaper, faster. Uh, uh, Maybe I what need other to words use can I say? You should. Yeah. What is bestdelling.com currently? Well, I have sweetbeth.com, but right now the other only the homepage is working. Dojo made it, this company in Chicago. Basically, so you I had got- to hire a company. See, what we're saying is you could go to squarespace.com right now yeah. and you could set up without a credit card, you could set up a one month free trial and then when you want to make a purchase, you can use the offer code probably science for 10% off that purchase and you can choose from any one of uh, dozens of beautiful ready to go templates. Once you pick one of those, all the editing you're going to do is just drag and drop. Uh, what you see is what you get. It's awesome. It's easy cool. to maintain. There's customer support is 24-7. And then you pay Check a out Squarespace. Fee? Uh, they have different they have programs starting, uh, I believe, at eight dollars a month. Wow! And you can also so you can register domains through them, and um, and you can set up online stores for your merchandise. They have lots of options for beautiful website design. Do that, awesome. Yep. So, just getting back to this, the the original story before we got into a Richard Simmons hole. Oh, right, right. else you can get yes. to Richard Simmons. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yes. So, we uh, got to get back to the story. Yes, the Google the mapping of the human body. Um, so he expects advances to be made in little increments. Uh, apparently, the information from Baseline, which is the project, will be anonymous, and its use will be limited to medical and health purposes. Data won't be shared with insurance companies, the, comp- the company added. Still, the idea that Google would know the structure of thousands of people's bodies down to the molecules inside their cells raises significant issues of privacy, privacy, and fairness, <laughs> fairness. <laughs> in the future, this kind of data would be invaluable future. to insurers who are always looking to reduce their risks and more prosaic but chilling uses such as prior job interviews or marriage proposals lurk in the background. Yeah, this is the... I, I, I didn't know that... First of all, did you, did you know that it only costs $1,000 to sequence a human genome now down from about $100 million in the early part of this century? Damn. I did not. <laughs> that's crazy. So it is. That's that's a substantial decrease. That's a hundred thousandth of the price yes. in less than twenty years. Can I have another Lagunitas? You can have a Lagunitas, Matt. Can you keep us going for a second? I, while I can I grab one. But yeah, I'm. I'm um, I don't know. I because Google's big data, like Google, does feel a bit like a monster that's just chasing data endlessly. Yeah, I'm. Cur- I don't personal information, and some of it's really useful. Like Google's mapping is really freaking useful yeah the the but, self-driving car is what's been taking my attention lately but the, in, but then google like again google facebook all of these big companies we've talked about this on the show before but there is the thing that if if a product is free to use and free like 100 percent free mm-hmm. there's a catch you are the product meaning like meaning they know everything about us you mean yeah meaning yeah. the whole the whole way these companies are now working they give all this stuff to you for free because you are the thing that they're selling to other people your yes. data your metrics your like big data user your information they know your, everything yeah. yeah yeah that's what's then being sold to marketing advertisers yes. information it's everything. gathering as much information as possible because information is currency mm-hmm 
And again, this is what Google's doing right now could be extraordinarily useful for medical reasons, but still makes me really uncomfortable. It's it's I guess it's most terrifying just because of the insurance. Like, I guess I don't, I, the ins- I don't when when he mentioned insurance yeah. is that's when my ears perked up because I was just like, God, we're this is fucked. Because insurance as a business is never going to change fundamentally, which is that they always have to be taking in more in premiums than they're paying out. Yeah. In claims, like, otherwise they wouldn't exist. Like, right. It has to be that way. So they're always going to be trying to find ways to minimize what they're paying out and maximize what they're bringing in. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. Um, so but, no, but still but, need to get health. If, if this is uh, just used for good, obviously it could be very useful. Um, they also so it, talked. Sorry, yeah, it says um, the the clinics uh, will recruit volunteers. Lead investigators who are not Google employees will collect the samples and remove information that is typically used to identify participants, such as names and social security numbers. Once the data has been made anonymous, Google and other researchers will get access to it. But here's the thing. If you have that much information about someone and you have that much other information about someone, it mu- it could be possible to relink those bits of information. Mm-hmm. Like if you have someone's medical history and you also have someone's human like non-medical history and information right it shouldn't be hard to start to find connections between them like if very basic detective work wait give me an example of what you're saying um okay well from someone's medical history and genetics or whatever you have their genetic background their parents genetic background where like their medical history like what kind of um medical procedures they've been through where they've been through them potentially okay so then you can link them to that to addresses and you can link it to ethnicities and stuff and if you have enough data Mm -hmm. and a powerful enough computer that's good enough at sorting through that kind of stuff oh i got an example go on uh you could you can fit if you can see when this if they had like a surgical if they had gender reassignment surgery then you see their amazon buying patterns and you start to see a change in uh, like fewer fewer pants more skirts and that happened at the same time as this surgical procedure. It's probably yeah. that person. Or huh? no? Oh. Yeah, that, that would work. No. Or, fewer pants, uh, less skirts. Fewer pants, less skirts. Wait, <laughs> fewer of both. Is that what I said? <laughs> I think that I doesn't make any sense. I don't know if you said <laughs> Stop that. Stop wearing clothes. like it. Yes. Fewer pants, less skirts. Fewer Everybody's pants, wearing no pants skirts. Or, skirts. or skirts. Yeah, or if on like Amazon, they'd Somebody's be buying more prosthetic hands after, after a their, set date. After, <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> After their handectomy? Yeah, like they've gone from buying no prosthetic hands to, to some prosthetic hands <laughs> after June after 12th. Their, after their uh, voluntary you know, From gloves removal. to mittens once they don't have fingers. Right. There's all sorts of things. What are we talking about? Um, <laughs> kind of and, and also, here's the other thing that Google's doing. The X-Life Sciences Group is developing more wearable devices that may continuously con- collect other data, such as heart rates, heart rhythms, and oxygen levels. These devices will be worn by baseline participants, according to Robert Califf, vice chancellor at Duke University School of Medicine, who's working on the study. Yeah, it makes me a bit uncomfortable. Where, All this like, stuff yes, could Google, be. I'll wear your gloves around, and then you just like, are they going to pay me? Like, people will probably live off that. But like, then some of that, I'll like, wear your thing around for three weeks or six months, or yeah, people are like, hey, how do you not go to work? And you're like, I work for Google. But then, <laughs> but then go. some of that again. But some of that. I completely see the useful side of things. If you're wearing something that's constantly measuring your mm-hmm. biome- like measuring your heart rate and oxygen okay. levels, and it can track, and it's constantly tracking those things, and it's analyzing it somewhere in the cloud. Mm-hmm. But there will be human error. Unless they, I mean, how could they possibly eliminate that? 
I don't know. Maybe they can. Well, but I'm just thinking of like them not putting it on right. Them taking a shower. Oh. We said you couldn't shower. You got to leave this on. You didn't put it back on. Yeah, well, I trust. Like they can when you keep happen, but that. it'll still be when you are wearing it. It's, it's yeah. adding it to the information. And I, by the way, I forgot we covered a story a while back about the contact lenses that monitor glucose levels, didn't yeah, we? I think we did. So this that's related. I, There's I going to be a sex one too. Monitors your thrust in patterns. Yeah. <laughs> monitors your thrusting patterns and monitors your partner's <laughs> satisfaction levels. Do you think you, you could? But it gives you like a yes, no, and maybe she came, and then you just have to press it. If you had a chart of the thrusting patterns of like the last five guys you dated, that would be so interesting. No, could you could you put the name to the? Could you put the chart to the? Face? I would. Could you love to see thrusting that. patterns? Or if you just heard it, like uh, it'd be harder to look at the chart, maybe. But if you just had like. If it was turned a into visual? like or an or, audio yeah. of just the rhythm of it, like so you get the actual sense of the pace of it. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. You think you could figure out who you was could tell like not. Samba Steve from? I, uh, I will yeah. say this: as I've grown older, they go, they will. Do you know what I'm saying? Like they no. may come in, they may come into our relationship with a pattern, the and then they change. leave with my pattern. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's the way you do it. That's the way you do it. Get them in line. <laughs> You gotta beat him down. I mean, like, yeah. <laughs> that came in all over the place. That's Beth Stelling, drum, drum majorette. <laughs> Beth Stelling, band leader. Oh, bedroom, I'll tell bedroom you what your band leader. Is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you think you're gonna do some seven four polyrhythm stuff, math rock boy? No, guess what? This is a. I need you slow down. Take a knee. <laughs> take a knee. <laughs> Take one knee. What is that? What do you call that position? I think you call it the eye captain. Uh. Yeah, yeah. You call it the coaches. You call it the bring it in. Yeah. Take a knee. Take a knee. Take a knee. Circle up. Santa. I don't know. <laughs> All right, so we're 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 torn about whether we trust Google with our biometric information. Uh, how do we feel about bats? Because I found a good bat story. I've, I'm, I'm, I have much less conflict about my opinions on bats. St- that my mind went to Stella Luna, which is a children's book about bats. Oh, really? Makes them non-threatening and enjoyable. Makes them a hero. Oh, nice. nice. What did they do that was so heroic? Well, I'm trying to remember. It's been a while. But I just remember reading it and now loving. You know what I mean? Like, she's... Stella is... Stella Luna is the bat. Mm -hmm. She's just the... What do we call it? Protagonist. Yeah. 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 So you like... Does she have like a bow in her her ear? No bow. It's, it's, It's a nice mix between fantasy and real like in the yeah. sense that it's soft and welcoming wait i'm but sorry it's is still this, in nature this it's is a children's book. book as in like a an illustrated thing it's mm-hmm. mostly pictures or is it like a book book it's a like, book but children's book yeah. yes mostly illustration is it a book with chapters did you guys get really proud of yourselves when oh, you started to read book? books with chapters yeah i'm reading a book with chapters oh, no I big deal i guarantee i have a card that says congratulations on your first chapter book <laughs> but then you realize like anybody can you know i can write a paragraph and call it a chapter if i want like i've seen shitty books that are just trying to pat out the page count. <laughs> um, so, bat story. Yeah. So, bats, according to this new study, use the pattern of polarized light in the evening sky to get their bearings. Wait, I didn't hear the first... I, I, I blacked out. Okay. Again. So, bats use the pattern of polarized light 
in the evening sky to get their bearings, according to a new study. Interesting. So as well as having unusual echolocation skills and their own magnetic compass, bats are now the first mammals known to make use of polarized light. Wow. Uh, other animals with this ability apparently include birds, anchovies, and dung beetles, which is a curious... Anchovies? That is a weird children's book. <laughs> that is a curious, that's birds, a curious family. dung beetles. That would be a very good children's book. I'm kind of I'm kind of a polarized light nerd. Like I won't buy sunglasses unless they're polarized. And then like whenever I'm really? looking at something that looks really cool, depending on how you tilt your head, I always make whoever's like near me go like, "Hey, put these on and tilt your head like this," and then it looks different, right? Have you done that? Like no. if you're looking at like if you look, like a lot of times if the sun's setting over water, uh, like the light without those sunglasses on, the mm-hmm. light coming off the water is really bright and scattered. And then if you put the sun- polarized sunglasses on, and usually if you're they're oriented, so if it's if your head's level, it dims most of that. If you turn it 90 degrees, suddenly it's as bright as it was. And just oh, like, wow. oh, crazy. Just for the information, if some of our listeners don't know what polarized light is, sure, effectively... Shoot. I'm not sure I do. Uh, okay. <laughs> so essentially, light light waves, which is electromagnetic radiation. So imagine like a wave just jiggling up and down, except it's not... Except it's electromagnetic distortions jiggling up and down in the case of light. Mm-hmm. Um, normally, if it's from, say, a light bulb or just coming straight at you from the sun, those waves are in all directions. So some are vertical, some are horizontal, and some are at every angle in between. Polarized light, which can come out in various ways, has all the waves oriented in the same direction. And the various ways you can get polarized light, you can filter it through a Polaroid filter, like through a Polaroid lens. So, for example, polarized sunglasses or... Did you call them Polaroid sunglasses? Yeah, Polaroid. Is that a term they use for... I haven't heard that before. As a term used for something that is polarized. I believe so. Okay. Or, um, and then uh, some. often the 3D glasses at the cinema mm-hmm. use polarized light. Uh, although I've recently found out they've changed how they did it. It used to be, if you went to an old 3D cinema or a 3D movie, say 15 years ago... Mm-hmm. And you held the two glasses together. If you change the angle of them, right. it would go from being able to see through it to completely dark. And that's because they are at right angles to each other. Yeah. So one of the lenses would be vertically polarized. One of them would be horizontally polarized. Uh, now, it seems they do it in some kind of rotational way. So it's polarized in a clockwise fashion and an anti-clockwise fashion. Oh, weird. Wow. Which is I didn't know that. Smart. Yeah. And the reason for that is it stops it from the old ways the... Ca- the the glasses worked if you're watching the film and you just tilted your head to one side or the other which you might do when you're watching a film rather than right. sitting bolt upright it would affect the picture and it would slightly dim it and interesting and now that i thought it was happen. still that way that's crazy that they changed that i didn't know what that. was the last 3d movie you saw uh i saw captain america which was a waste because i think it was a post-production i'm also a stickler for real 3d versus like post-production 3d movies mm-hmm. I, I like 3d but only if it was shot what in are some it, examples of shot in 3D? Like, there's this website called like realorfake3d.com or something. If you just Google it, you can find it. And, uh, um, I mean, like, Gravity was shot in 3D. I, well, I saw that. Yeah, in 3D. Yeah. It was amazing. Right. Mm-hmm. But, like, sometimes I'll just do a movie. And sometimes I'll take off my glasses if I'm in a fake 3D movie because I'm curious Same. what they're actually doing. And, like, a lot of times they don't even, like, map. Like, someone's face will just be, they're just treating that as one flat piece of paper with a face on it and then like the stuff behind them they'll make that a different depth 
but it's like it's almost like you're seeing a diorama. There's a bunch of flat things mm-hmm. at various depths, but none of those things have their own contour to them. Yeah, and they probably could map out the approximate shape of that face and do a reasonable job of 3D in post. But uh, like, unless they just shot it with two cameras in 3D, I'm I, looking at this right now. Was really Avatar interested. shot? Yeah, Avatar was shot in 3D. Oh, see, and yeah. animated movies are always rendered. Say, Avatar didn't. I, I don't remember it being outstanding. Like, Gravity was cool to yeah. see that way. Godzilla, which I haven't seen but yet, Avatar, apparently was remember. fake 3D, but I've heard it's great in 3D. And yeah. I'm probably going to watch Guardians of the Galaxy in IMAX 3D. Oh, yeah, definitely. I definitely. saw Coraline With friend of the 3D. show, Karen Gillan. Coraline. Coraline was definitely 3D. Shot. Well, it yeah. was a, yeah. Stop motion. No, it doesn't mean it had to be. Actually, I met the director of that, who also directed um, um, The Nightmare Before Christmas. And I had to give him a ride somewhere for this animated film festival. We were talking about, as as I met him, he was working on 3D arising the uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, which was shot in 2D. But they were doing it. They were doing like the painstaking work of like creating these 3D wireframe models of every, every, every frame and then rotating them slightly to be like where your other eye would be and then remapping the image onto that rotated version of it so it would have depth and it wasn't just like okay we're picking this to be a plane this is a plane behind okay. it so they were doing it right but even that is you know not as good as just if you just shot it in 3d but it's much more expensive to do um but animated movies i'll always see in 3d because like they're designed from the start to be that and Coraline was they, terrifying i loved it you didn't like it was I terrifying and good well or? i get i'm scared easily and my mom and i saw it together and we were just a bunch of pansies yeah we were like no <laughs> it was genuinely scary to me i'm not just being like no, it was yeah. I think it, was it was scary. scary. Yeah. I mean, go it was creepy. I, I, I would say more creepy. I yeah, think that's yeah. A different I'm not thing. saying like I was scared to go home to my house, but yeah. I was frightened in an adult way. In an adult way, yeah. yeah. Them. I'm interested. Um, another way. So just getting back to what polarized sure, light. Sure. So you can polarize light by putting it through a, a polarized filter, mm-hmm. or you can other ways to polarize light include reflecting off a plane surface. Which is why the light that comes off of that's reflected off the surface of a lake is polarized, mm-hmm. and the light at sunset is polarized. Which I've noticed because uh, you ever noticed how good your car or cars look as the sun is setting? Mm-hmm. They look much better than when, like at noon, because mm-hmm. that light is polarized. It's the same thing if you put on polarized glasses and look at your car; it looks so much cooler and sleeker because uh all the like little scratches that would catch light in various directions like it filters out anything except for the stuff that's all in one direction so it makes it look like the finish is so if you ever taking a picture to sell your car do okay. it do it at dusk because the car looks flawless like you don't see any little in little tip okay Andy, sorry the used I, I'm t- car I, salesman t- um keep getting us away from the bats okay i'm guessing it's a sunset because of refraction I'm guessing that's the reason, but I don't. I didn't know that. Refraction uh, with it. I'm not sure why. Yeah. So anyway, uh, so we know the light is polarized, and they didn't think that the bats would use polarized light. Said the paper's senior author, Dr. Richard Holland from Queen's University in Belfast. He was one. Dr. Holland was one of the scientists who discovered in 2006 that bats navigate by somehow sensing the Earth's magnetic field, but that inbuilt compasses need to be calibrated. Other experiments show that the calibration was happening at sunset when the bat's day begins. We thought that surely the sun's disk itself would be a more likely clue. Q. Oh, Q, rather. 
Dr. Holland told the BBC. But his team recently tested how bats responded when the sun's image was shifted by mirrors and found no difference. So they switched their attention to the pattern of polarized light that appears at sunset, which is already known to be important for various other animals, particularly birds. Uh, Dr. Holland said it's invisible to humans unless we wear polarizing glasses. But if you were staring, look, standing looking at the sun, you'd see a dark band going directly over your head from left to right. To find out if bats were using this pattern, the scientists put them into boxes with a nice view of the sunset, but only through custom-made polarizing windows. Half the boxes had windows that recreated the normal pattern, and half flipped it around by 90 degrees. I, by the way, I love these experiments that just fuck up an animal. Yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> it's just, it's... You ever calibrated a bat? <laughs> <laughs> it's just, we made... Oh, I gotta tell you some stories. This animal's like normally PhD... got its shit together, but we made it run into a wall. Right, just <laughs> the just... PhD equivalent of, like, leaving out, like, vodka-soaked berries for birds to eat and get drunk yeah. on or something. Yeah. So they, they took the bats around... 20 kilometers from their home roost in a Bulgarian cave, released them and tracked them, and the bats from the boxes with rotated windows were much more erratic at heading towards home. Uh, Much more erratic? Yeah. So the experiment worked. It said also in a proper scientific fashion, when Dr. Holland was collecting data, he was blinded as to which group of bats was which, and he initially thought he might be wrong all over again. When a colleague revealed the final designation and then compared both sets of results, it was a satisfying moment. Whenever you set out to test one of these ideas, it's always amazing that it actually works, Dr. Holland said. Yeah, this, it's... I did, I'm surprised they haven't um, tried to dissect, maybe they have, dissect their eyes and figure out if it's something in their actual lenses, in, you know, like if they have built-in polarizing filters in their... I little bat eyes Yeah. Or if it's just something tiny. on the retinas or how, like how, how they actually sense it. What's the biggest it. bat? What is the biggest bat? I don't know much I, about bats. You know, bats. I know them to be tiny in Ohio. They seem pretty tiny in general. What, okay, that's biggest bat. What's and your I've guess, seen Matt? One here in California I don't know. While recently. You're, while you're trying to find it out, there's some other phenomenon that's mentioned in this article. This is interesting. It says on the B- this BBC article, although plenty of other animals, including some birds, fish, amphibians, and insects, are known to detect polarizing light. Sorry, polarized light. The only other mammal that we know can perceive it is, in fact, humans. In certain situations, such as when light reflects off glass or water at particular angles, or when we look at white areas on an LCD screen, some people see a blurry phenomenon known as Haydinger's brush produced by the polarization of light. I have not seen this, or I'm not familiar with this. Nor am I. According to Dr. Mary Dackey, who studies animal vision at the Lund University in Sweden, how this happens is a mystery. Uh, Insult... Uh, sorry, insects, she explained, have specialized receptors in their eyes for detecting polarization. But in birds and fish and so on, we don't really have a clue about how they're able to perceive this kind of light. Wow. I did not expect to find that in mammals such as as, as a bat, or did expect to find them in mammals such as a bat. So I thought this was really fascinating. Is it as fascinating as Megabat? Hey. <laughs> there Which we is go, what Andy. I find when I Google <laughs> biggest bat. Let me see. It's just a Wikipedia no, article. Just to be clear, mega bat, is this something that's been found as an animal or is this just a really cool drawing that your friend <laughs> Pony did? <laughs> Can you, I want to Does see. mega bat have guns coming I will up say it shoots lasers out of its eyes. <laughs> I don't know if they're polarized. Uh, I want to see it. I will, oh, but first I have to, I have to get, I have to collect everyone's guesses about, okay, okay so first of all, mega bats constitute the suborder Megachiroptera, family Pteridopteridae of the order Chiroptera bats, 
Um, they're also called fruit bats, old world fruit bats, or especially the genera Acerodon and Terapis. Flying, <laughs> flying foxes, which links to a different pay. Oh, I'm going to be down a Wikipedia hole tonight. Um, okay, but... Uh, they're not contrary to its name. The megabat is not always large. The, the smallest species is six centimeters long, and thus smaller than some microbats. <laughs> I love these. Okay, let's guess the largest attain a wingspan of what? What are your guesses? The largest wingspan. 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 Okay, wingtip to wingtip. I'm gonna. Oh wait, hang on. What unit of measurements are we using? It has both of them. I will say they weigh in at up to one point six kilograms or three point five pounds. If that okay. helps you guess the okay, wingspan, that, so that's like a bag of sugar. My wingspan. You're just gonna say well. a bag of shit. <laughs> so that's a real bag of shit. Uh, it's a classic bag of cursed yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a real bag okay. of shit. <laughs> wait, three pounds? Is that what he said? Three point five pounds. Okay. So like uh, just over a kilo. Okay, I'm gonna guess. Is that a bag of shit? Yes, like a bag of flowers. We're talking about the biggest like, bat like right four, now? Four beers. You're telling me right now the biggest about bat. Four beers. Um, the bags are, but they're quite that we light know. and they've got a lot of, yeah. like if their wings are, mo- if they're mostly wing and that wing is mostly skin stretched over very mm-hmm. lightweight bones. Hollow bones probably, right? Yeah. So I'd, I'm going to guess. A foot. Oh, I'm going to go bigger than that. So really? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess something like a meter. Oh my god, okay, biggest no, bat. No, hang on, it might even be, well, Andy's <gasps> giving a thumbs up. Okay. Go higher. How about... Two and a half meters. Bat? Not that big. How about biggest bat, four feet. Four, it's very, well, 5.6 feet <gasps> wingspan. That's oh my god, terrifying. that's the biggest that's bat? That's basically my height. Right, well, which, means, also which means it's also your that wingspan. That would be my wingspan. Right, right, yeah, <laughs> that be, that's usually your height's your you wingspan. Can you imagine that so. flying at your head? Assume, oh, we're assuming that I'm Giving the perfect Vitruvian dimensions. <laughs> also, I will <laughs> yeah, say, a massive bat. there's a picture of a... Uh, um, it's a massive bat. Check out this picture, this is a flying fox, and it's a giant bat, so I guess it should be terrifying, but pretty damn adorable like yes the Stella Luna the dracularity of its wings wrapped around it but the face is a pretty cute face right oh, it's like it a, looks like a, almost like a, a monkey face. or a, yeah, lemur, like a, lemur. Yeah, a lemur yeah yeah can you imagine if it was like just coming at you like this I just oh would go and just reach my arms out for like a hug it just it just seems like something out of like it's a Sam Raimi movie it just like if you saw if you saw anything the five foot wingspan that wasn't a bird coming at you like that's but it's skin it's, it's skin, skin stretched it's not over feathers, the bones yeah. you know I think it would feel good on your face alright I'm I, this is after we record I'm just gonna be looking up videos of mega bats the rest of the night I yeah. know this about myself mega bat mega bat mega bat <laughs> mega bat <laughs> before we get into another story very quickly this is another reader's letter, uh, Jake Polak from Pittsburgh, who mentioned we covered a story last week about this suspended animation oh, experiment yeah. going on in, in Pittsburgh. This is where awesome. So, Beth, okay, this, sorry. Yeah, this is really cool. So last week we talked about a story where they're experimenting with effectively putting people who've been shot in Pittsburgh and brought into the hospital into a very quick, effectively deep freeze. The idea is they fill their veins with very extremely cold saline and slows all their metabolic processes right down puts them almost in suspended animation while they fix the physical problems and then they bring them back like if you had a massive gunshot wound to the chest and you were just going to bleed out they couldn't they couldn't patch your heart up in time before you would die so instead they'll just pump out all your blood I'm sorry you said Philadelphia there's a team in a a hotel in in a hotel (laughs) (laughs) 
There's a team in room 305 at the Westin on 35th. Lagunitas IPA, guys. Lagunitas IPA. 6.2% alcohol. I made up a street in Pittsburgh, by the way. I said 35th, but listen. This probably is a 35th. Okay. And I don't know where there's a Westin there. That's amazing. And this is the only hospital that's doing it? The only hotel? The only hotel. And you wake up and your kidney's gone and there's a sign saying you need to get, you need to call 911 right now. The Rocketeer's on the way. <laughs> okay, but they but uh, so someone else who's from Pittsburgh. Listen, listen oh, I'm sorry. What's the listener's name again? L- listen, Jake Pollack made the point. It's not possible to get consent from the participants in in advance, oh, right? Unless and it's not possible. And shot. it's pretty much impossible to get it once they've been injured, and not practical to opt them to preempt. And it's not practical to ask everyone in Pittsburgh to opt in preemptively. So instead, the researchers have received an exemption from the FDA's informed consent requirements. This allows all Pittsburgh residents to be automatically considered eligible for the experiment unless they opt out via a website. Individuals who opt out are issued a green wristband similar to a Livestrong bracelet to communicate to the research team that they do not wish to have the technique tested on them. Can you imagine? Just waiting to get shot. Right. Show me one person who, like, I bet they didn't even print those wristbands. What kind of maniac no. is going to be like, in I, case I get shot in the chest I today? I don't want you to do the sailing thing on me. That? I really want to know if anybody. I want to like God intended. Right. I don't want to be. But I mean, I really want to know who who could possibly be that. A person who get that wristband is also so paranoid about every possible thing that could go wrong in their life. Like, how can they even leave their house? <laughs> so I mean... If you're going to wear that all day long, in case you get shot in the chest in a specific way, up close, so that your chest is just blown apart, it's insane. And I also want to know how they got the word out, because don't they have an obligation? First of all, I'm very on board with this being... I think they should be able to circumvent consent with this and just be like, this is the thing we're doing. If you come in, you're going to die. Well, I don't yeah. know, because cause there is that point of going... Like, what if what if they do make everyone in this experiment into a robocop right. <laughs> then pittsburgh is gonna roll and their infrastructure will just explode <laughs> and the economy will boom or more likely you, you turn into like a mr freeze wasn't that how did he become mr freeze wasn't there something about like he he was in pittsburgh he didn't sign up for the green bracelet he left the bracelet he had a shower he took the bracelet <laughs> off yep. he forgot yep. to put it back on again on the one day he gets shot will you believe the luck if there are gangs um in pittsburgh they're like listen and we can we gotta you, we gotta get rid of two dudes. This guy's got a green bracelet. This one doesn't. So yeah. let's just go for the guy without the green yeah. bracelet. No, with no with the green with bracelet. He's gonna die. He'll die. So yeah, Jake, listener, Jake hasn't opted out. He's still in the circle. But I'm He's curious still if in they, circulation. Did they Jay? Did they have to actually? I would assume they had to advertise this to the public to let them know that this is an option and if that's true i really want to see i guess i could google it also but if you if you've seen any ads if you can find video and send it we'll put it up on our site because i want to see like the tv spot that runs in pittsburgh that explains <laughs> how we're going to put you in suspended hey guys, animation a lot of you... people are getting shot out yeah. there okay Just so like, we're doing the saline thing if yeah. you don't want to do it give us a call but i want it to be like i want it to be like every other like medical soft focus ad for like Xyroplax like is is suspended animation right for you like someone's looking through a pamphlet at a dinner table with the kids around like I'm fed up of getting shot and dying (laughs) is your dick limp give us a call also if you've been shot in the face (laughs) this is the most fascinating I can't like 
I, I almost didn't believe it was a real thing, even when we were doing this story, but not hearing oh, yeah. the, the whole city I of Pittsburgh I already like the story. Watch. I like it a lot more now. Yeah, Thank yeah. you very much, Jake, for Thanks. sending that in. This is, yeah, it's making it difficult for people to die there, which is... <laughs> They're going to have too many people before yeah. long. Yeah. Just Pittsburgh overpopulation is going to be the cause of the next, uh, I don't know, the next apocalypse. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> also, there's never been a hospital ad that said, is your dick limp? It's <laughs> just so we're clear. <laughs> just came out of my mind but why wouldn't they i mean like you know i'm, I'm amazed well, that no one's been doing that on like hp oh, hp doesn't have ads cialis well. yeah, yeah. C- cialis they they do have ads out that are like but they don't do they don't ever like go the funny angle and why not you know yeah that's true they could totally make it funny it wouldn't i bet it wouldn't make any less of an sick impact sick of being a fucking loser <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> that's not true is I your th- rhythm is your rhythm falling off cialis pussy that would be a great <laughs> How have I never heard someone say that? After hours. Probably science after hours. <laughs> I um, wish we had a logo, a version of our logo that has like a fizzling neon <laughs> after hours like a skew underneath this is, it. This is story drunk just constantly mentioning dick. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this story is weirdly appropriate. Now, this is another story. Shoot. Uh, our new friend, Jim Sardonic who sent in some stories last week. Jim Sardonic, who's now already signing his emails, cartoon detective Dick Gumshoe, as a result (laughs) of our comments last week on his name, um, has sent in this story about a satellite. By the way, he sent this in with, I'm sure, I'd imagine you'll get a few other suggestions a few other emails suggesting this story. Nope, just you, Jim. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You're the only one who found this one that I'm aware of, unless I missed a tweet or a story. But apparently there is a... Lizard sex satellite floating in space and Russia no longer has it under control. (laughs) It's out of control. According to the Washington Post in the story, at this very moment, a Russian satellite... This is slightly... I'm always suspicious, by the way, of slightly grandiose writing in a science story. It might be Mm semi-bullshit. But it says, at this very moment, a Russian satellite full of geckos brackets possibly close brackets having sex so probably no. dead probably all dead right is right. floating around in space and mission control has lost the ability to control it the photon m4 research satellite launched on july 19th with five geckos on board <laughs> the plan was to observe their mating activities in the zero gravity conditions of earth's orbit several other earthly creatures including plants and insects were also placed on board for experiments but shortly after the satellites made its first few orbits, it stopped responding to commands from mission control. The equipment on board, however, is still sending scientific data back to Earth. A spokesman for Russian's Institute of Biomedical Problems said... Whoa. Biomedical <laughs> problems. Like, even the name of the institute is already like, stuff's going to fuck up. Like, yeah, who so has go an badly. institute that has the word problems in its name? Ah. Like, that's... <laughs> The Institute for Catastrophic Human Error. Catastrophic like Human Error. A Geico commercial, some sort of like yeah. stunt on their part. Which, by the way, more than one American who can't tell the difference between different British accents has asked me if I'm the voice of Geico. <laughs> like, That's hilarious. Kirsten, the gecko from Geico. It's actually voiced by someone who used to be, or maybe still is, on EastEnders. Really? Yeah. Oh. 
I looked it up once. I looked it up EastEnders, after about the third or fourth time that someone. That's been around a long time, right? That's like a super yeah. long running. It's I think I think second only to Coronation Street in terms of long running British soaps. You do not. It's been around Matt Crenshaw does not voice the Gecko Geico. You voice the State Farm Salamander, <laughs> <laughs> which I just made up <laughs> and will now be a thing. You're welcome to your welcome to your future. Thank you. We make um, that happen. I thought he was. The progressive capybara. <laughs> Is that not Matt? No. It's got to begin with a P. Oh, okay. Wait. <laughs> oh, yeah. I guess it does. <laughs> Guys, I'm not going to blame Lagunitas, but I'm not not going to blame Lagunitas. <laughs> So fifteen minutes. So fifteen minutes fucking in space could save you fifteen <laughs> percent of your. Is what we're learning. That's very funny. So wait, they sent a bunch of geckos <laughs> uh, to have a zero gravity <laughs> orgy. And that was so funny. <laughs> it was really funny. Thank you. Nobody else thank you. hilarious. No, that's, that's funny. Thank you. 15 geckos can see you 15%. <laughs> okay, everything's fine. Okay, everything's okay. fine. So the biological experiment started as soon as the satellite was launched. Guys, can we take this seriously? Okay, okay, there are geckos yeah, okay. lost I'm fucking sorry, in space right I'm now. Lost in space. <laughs> Find these geckos. If you were a, like a pubescent gecko who had gecko Cinemax, though, like this would be uh, like the movie you've been looking forward to seeing. <laughs> this is like Emmanuel in space of gecko porn. Do um, you guys have Emmanuel? Do you know the Emmanuel series? I remember the Emmanuel yeah, series. Yeah. No. I watched Soft Focus on Wicker Chairs. Yes. Wicker Chairs. Why is... would you have sex in a wicker chair? It's the worst <laughs> idea. It would like spear Leave... your butt a little. Or at Rolls. best, it leaves the, when you stand up, your butt moss. has like a waffle yeah. pattern on it. <laughs> oh, like, that... Across everything. Uh, you never everything. realized yeah. your butt was waffle so boobs. waffly. Yeah. Oh, but just brief side note. Did watch this movie on Netflix called Adore mm-hmm. with Robin Wright and can't remember the other girl. And it is set in Australia. Sorry, this is a side note. No, no, no. It's no. like softcore porn. I'm just saying. It's on Netflix. It's oh, called okay. Adore. And it's basically these... And I'm not... This is not a spoiler alert. It says it in... If you, it's like... This spoiler is Spoiler alert if porn. you don't read the things before you click. Okay? Right. But in, in the... Uh, whatever. Summary. Mm-hmm. It's like two moms fall in love with each other's sons. Whoa. Teenage sons. It's like softcore porn. That's just a side note. I don't know why I thought about. And what's that. it called? It's called a door. A door on Netflix. I mean, you could oh, watch it on Netflix. Naomi you could Watts. also you could also buy it. Naomi Watts, awesome. Yeah. You could buy that on Amazon. If you did, you should go to our affiliate link at probablyscience.com first, yeah. so we get a little kickback. I don't kickback know why I thought that. of that. I think it's because so- you just said porn for a gecko, and I that was the last pornish thing I yeah. watched. I, I do think it's funny how like if you look at the most watched uh, Netflix movies, like up at the top will be sort of like soft core you know just yeah. like like I tna mean, movies fucking... but but i'm like if you have netflix that means you have the internet yeah 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 <laughs> like, why, why would you you can literally see whatever you it's want it's just the women who prefer a story okay, with okay their porn. Yeah. <laughs> they want to know how it all happened mm-hmm. and what happens when it ends how it all works what out what happens when it ends? so that's <laughs> like that, that sounds that, like the russian institute of bullshit now. like is that even a girl thing about women yeah, running a story. I, the yeah, only thing not. I can think of that connects that is just the, like the only real reason for that nowadays. I can see is just couples who are buying porn together for the first time, 
and are a little bit tentative about going, yeah, this is the thing, this is the sex act that I want to see. Let's watch just that. You, like, mean, you mean the reason for these kind of softcore movies? The or, story, yeah, yeah. Well, it's just, it, you know what, it becomes glaring, glaringly obvious to me is when we're doing like competitive erotic fan fiction. My story versus uh, your story or your right. story, mine has a lot of exposition. You- mine is set up. Mine tells you how you get there. See, the last time Yours I did it- is like, Dick in an ass immediately See, right you up. Just See, the last time the I did it, funniest, I, had, yeah. I had so much exposition, but that was mostly because I mistimed it horribly. Okay. <laughs> I was just, okay. Yeah, then at the end, when I had to write the sex, I only have like five minutes to do the sex. I was like, part. and then yeah. they bone. And yeah. that's the end of it. Like, I, was, I, I got given CrossFit to do. Shush. And I spent so long building up this learning intricate, the terminology but also like, just building up this intricate scenario medicine ball and not the good guy like i built up i spent so long building up this scenario where this kid was thrown out of his parents house for doing too many high intensity short interval training <laughs> exercises oh, and then stumbles across my God. and then some and then stumbles across some secret back alley club that's full of people exercising but that was about that was about ten minutes. <laughs> and it's like, supposed yeah. to be like ten minutes. If listeners haven't heard of it, this is the show that Brian Cook, past guest of the show, runs, uh, where you're given um, if you're doing the round we're talking about, you're given a topic that's out of your control, and you have about half an hour to write erotic fan fiction on Audience that subject. Suggestion. So sometimes you're stuck with like I had uh, Storm from X Men, and I'm not a huge comic book guy, but I'm like I know this whole audience is. So the pressure is on to have a lot of detail. The pressure's always on. I know, but like if it's something I know, yeah. then it's a lot more fun to write. So I spent all this time researching it just to make sure I had the facts of Storm's origin story. <laughs> and then correct. you got like a minute to write then the I'm like, story. I gotta find as she's coming, she's making a thunderstorm happen or something. Like yes. you know, but like the, there's too much exposition. And then I decided to make Professor Charles Xavier super nerdy and give him like a lateral lift and have him talk. And so the people, the nerds in the audience did not like that at all. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyhow, you got a fanny pack and stuff. Last. So basically, lizards are by themselves in space, and they're oh. trying to reestablish communication with the satellite. Gekos? And in the meantime, they can do anything they want for the rest of the 60 days mission. What would happen if the <laughs> cameras just... turn back on? What are they doing? They're, they're literally flying them. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're having like their own eyes wide shut sex party. They've made their own like miniature masks. It's just <laughs> they all super somehow kinky. have like suits on and yeah, ties. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is there any chance they're alive the then? There's... I mean, by, by the way, I don't know if it, it probably didn't even get picked up on the the mic. But Beth was you were just fiddling with your shoes with your, but your shoes have a zipper on the side. So we were just talking about eyes wide shut party, and then the audience just hears a zip. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yep. Guys, I don't always host these in my bedroom, and there's a reason. Like, <laughs> brings things out in people. Beers, bananas, Beers, a fucking mirrors, mirror headboard, brand new underwear. I slid off my seat. They drink champagne on ice. Mm. Right, <laughs> like the most low rent hotel California this bedroom. I do like the fact that the ceilings. Like, if I if I sort of like zone out and stare at the ceiling, I can kind of imagine I'm in a cabana or something. Like, yeah, or a nice barn. This room has yeah, or like what do you a cattle call, shed. What do you call I this like style? it in here. Have you seen all the ceiling? pretty horses? Um, no, it's I haven't. disappointing. It's on Netflix, but it's like that. It's like you could be could be on a freaking ranch is that one of the is that the same guy who did like uh along came a spot no no who's all the pretty horses <sighs> matt damon i mean i can only know characters the and then elliot from et oh really yeah i w- i thought it would be good and quite honestly it was a disappointment I'm sorry. and that's how i feel about the way back as well listen oh, oh. 
I've been listening. I just been watching tons of Netflix. The, the so way back that. is that the uh, or way isn't it way way back? Is that well, the there's Steven? the way way back with all those old dudes that are funny that are being old and funny, but then there's the way back, and it's about their freaking march from a uh, freaking work camp during the World War Two. Oh, I don't know that. Yeah, where was it? Oh my god, I can't even remember. It, don't even. I can't. We can't get into it. But he walks like basically it. like. I'm going to be wrong when I say this number, but something like 60,000 miles. Yeah, you're It's incredible. Wrong. No, I'm telling you, it's bizarre because they show the years of him walking and it's like 50 years. Oh, okay. Well, that's possible. That yeah, would be it's, around... it's unreal. And then he finally, whatever, I don't want to ruin anything. I've ruined it so far. What have you ruined? Whatever. You go into it knowing he's going to walk all the way home. Okay. Wait, from where to where? Where was the work camp? It's freezing Siberia. Okay, to go sixty thousand Siberia, right? Yeah, yeah. Back to where he was from, which I cannot remember. Okay, I have to, never heard of this film. Should we? Based do we have time for one last story, story quickly before we wrap <laughs> sure. up? Sure. Yeah, Beth, do you have to, can you stay with us for one more story? Yes. We'll make we'll this a quick up. one. Okay. Uh, I think we go for the cat poop story because this was sure, sent in by yes. Catherine Ar. Catherine poop. Catherine Ar. Call the cat on a uh, on Facebook. She sent this in through our Facebook page. Cat. Catherine, Catherine R. Yeah. R. Sorry, yeah. Catherine. I that was dumb. Well, do you have do you have any pets? No, Beth? I'm smart. <laughs> <laughs> well, you might be missing out on anti-cancer. Although, again, this is one of these. I don't know. Because then we also wasn't there a story about how cats also uh, can make your brain start like a parasite that's in cats can get like the reason reason cat ladies are crazy is. Uh, <gasps> There's a parasite they get from their no. cats that, and there's some like beneficial reason why the owner, if they go crazy with this cat parasite, they'll like give the cats more food. Is this the Lagunitas talking? Do you remember the no, story? I remember the we story. Had, I remember the story. I don't remember the is details. it real? I think. I mean, hoarders is real, and this sounds hoarders is real. Hoarders with the but cat. this this might be uh, the opposite. This might okay, be a, okay. a good this reason to have story. a cat. What is this? It? Is a single cell parasite that is found in cat's intestines but can live in any warm-blooded animal and it's called Toxoplasma gondii or gondii maybe G-O-N-D-I-I Be the change you want to see in the world (laughs) Be the toxoplasm you want to see in the world It is found worldwide it affects about one-third of the world's population 60 million of which are Americans Most people have no symptoms but some experience a flu-like illness those with suppressed immune systems, however, can develop a serious infection if they are unable to fend it off. Uh, oh, a healthy dear. immune system responds vigorously to T. Gondi, or Gondi in a manner that parallels how the immune system attacks a tumor. We know biologically this parasite has figured out how to stimulate the exact immune responses you want to fight cancer. Wow. Says David J. Bzik, Ph.D., Professor of Microbiology and Immunology. And to fight landing a husband. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in is at Dartmouth, by the way. And in response to T. Gondi, the body produces natural killer cells and cyclotoxic T cells. These cell types wage war against cancer cells. Cancer can shut down the body's defensive mechanisms, but introducing T. Gondi into a tumor environment can jumpstart the immune system. The biology of this organism is inherently different from other microbe-based immunotherapeutic strategies that typically just tickle immune cells from the outside, said Barbara Fox, Senior Research Associate of Microbiology and Immunology. 
by gaining preferential access to the insides of the powerful innate immune cell types, a mutated strain of T. gondii reprograms the natural power of the immune system to clear tumor cells and cancer. Is so, anybody else really turned on right now? Pretty much. I mean, as far as I can tell, the story from this is... Uh, oh, in fact, it even tells you how to do this, how to engineer it as a cancer vaccine. Because I was going to say, anyone, any of our listeners who have cancer, just lick a cat, cat's butt. Right. I think right. that's... Or just huff, huff some farts and yeah. eat some cat poop. Huff we learned, some farts. No, no, we learned that last week. That, uh, that this is also a good, this is a dubious story about like this was a story that was already <laughs> fully debunked right. by the time we actually recorded the, the show. Can farts cure cancer? There was uh, oh, no. like an, effect, like, a, an improved effect. Some chemical in farts. farts can help mitochondrial health in cells, but it did not mean that huffing farts was gonna. Yeah, it's one of those. Like that was one of those stories. You read that amazingly. Thank you. Yes, but that's one of those stories—the one, the fart one—that happens all the time, where the original research says there is a chemical found in bananas that can, in a lab, <laughs> uh, negatively affect a cancer cell in a very specific lab condition. And then by the time the story comes out in the Daily Mail, it's like eat as many bananas as you can to beat cancer forever, and it like it's. Just, <laughs> By the way, they've missed out several steps in that process. They did. And when you read off the name of that uh, microorganism or whatever you call that, the parasite, it sounded familiar. And I was like, is this the actual? And it's the exact same parasite that we covered back in September that causes a sort of cat lady syndrome or permanent brain damage. Um, Toxoplasma gondii. Yeah, we would have covered this. Yeah, but okay, it came out sorry, September. but was so, that debunked? The no, 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 this is real. These are, so I think it can both have a benefit for cancer, but it can also, okay. um, let's see, it's... So basically, if you have cancer, it's going to help, and if you don't, you're going to be a crazy cat lady. So okay, here we go. Here's, so, the, here's the benefit. Here's the reason this parasite exists, or not the reason, but this makes sense evolutionarily of how it could have evolved to be what it is. Uh, it's commonly found in cat litter, and it's been found to permanently alter the brains of mice, making them perpetually fearless of their natural predators cats so there's a benefit to having this get transmitted into these mice because then you can so catch in the wild so i guess the cats the cats shit somewhere the parasites are in that the mice get infected and then the mice strut around like i don't give a fuck and what are you gonna do and then the, dinner yeah and then the cat eats them but uh, women infected with T. gondii were one and a half times more likely to attempt suicide than those who were not infected wow um wow. and uh let's see Right. When humans ingest the parasite, the organism spreads from the intestine to the muscles and the brain. About one-third of the world is exposed to T. gondii, uh, although few exhibit any symptoms of toxoplasmosis. Um, but yeah, there's an increased risk of suicide. And uh, So that's the I bad I thought there stuff. was other craziness that Here's happened. the good stuff. Mind-controlling parasite. Here's what they did, because they say it's not safe to inject a cancer patient with a live-replicating strain of this mm-hmm. uh, parasite. So instead... Bzik and Fox created CPS, an immunotherapeutic vaccine, which is based on the parasite's biochemical pathways. They delete a toxoplasma gene needed to make a building block of its genome and create a mutant parasite that can be grown in the laboratory but is unable to reproduce in animals or people. CPS is both non-replicating and safe, even when the host is immune deficient which I'm guessing a lot of cancer patients are because of the treatment, CPS still retains that unique biology that stimulates the ideal vaccine responses. So it says aggressive, in this article it says aggressive cancers 
often seem like fast-moving train wrecks. This is Bzik talking, one of the professors. CPS is the microscopic but super strong hero that catches the wayward trains, halts their progression, and shrinks them until they disappear. Why not just say this is a really potentially useful treatment for aggressive cancer? But no, he put it it in Superman. He puts all the nuclear warheads into a net and flings them into the sun. (laughs) (laughs) So so the fact that it can't replicate, does that mean it won't have the negative effects of of like toxoplasmosis and other things? Or is that not... Well, I don't... Yeah, that's exactly it. And it looks like this has some good lab success so far. Um, It's incredible. They've tested it in in extremely aggressive, lethal mouse models of melanoma or ovarian cancer and found unprecedented high rates of cancer survival. Wow. So this is a pretty cool story. This is amazing. So they need much more study before CPS leaves the laboratory. They're trying to understand how and why it works so well by examining its molecular targets and mechanisms. But cancer immunotherapy using CPS holds incredible promise for creating beneficial new cancer treatments and cancer vaccines. Oh, here it also says, hang on, the new weapon against cancer could even be tailored to the individual patient. In translating CPS therapy to the clinic, we imagine CPS will be introduced into cells isolated from the patient. Then Trojan horse cells harboring CPS will be given back to the patients as an immunotherapeutic cancer vaccine to generate the ideal immune responses necessary to eradicate their cancer cells and to also provide lifelong immunity against any future recurrence of that cancer. It's pretty cool. So we just cured cancer? Well... By we, I mean the three of us? Yeah, yeah, we just time. did it in this podcast. Right in the cat's poop. Oh, God, <laughs> Jesse's going to be gutted that he's not going to get cited on the paper. Yeah. <laughs> he was just ill the one day we could cancer on this podcast. <laughs> will, we, will we get three separate Nobel medals or one with a big loop so we can fit it around all three of our necks at once? And oh, no, you hang. get three separate, but that, that's oh, the okay. other thing also. The no, Nobel no, Prize... you get three separate. Three separate medals. Well, the okay. thing about the Nobel Prize, though, is it's fate. I think it's I think it's three. It might be two, but I, th- I think it's a maximum of three people could win the Nobel Prize. So then he, Jesse couldn't have been... Okay, so yeah, because there's often... Here. That's often a thing that it happens where there's... It often ends up being quite a controversial thing where the fourth most important researcher gets left off the Nobel Prize. Right. And they're like, that, that person should have got cited as well. And sometimes, like, that week's guest will be like, well, I was there when it happened. Right. It's like, yeah, you weren't a regular host. Yeah. yeah. Like, but then get... I'm going to give honorable mention to him. And also, like, I'm a woman. So, like, that helps us even get the right. prize. Exactly. I think it's going to help us. <laughs> there, is a, there is a quota. <laughs> they've, got, they've got their diversity quotas at the yeah, Nobel yeah, Committee. Yeah, they got to get that woman in right. there. Right, yeah. See, yeah. this is going to sound sexist, but I just think women aren't Nobel prize <laughs> you know I'm glad someone I've had the I've never found a woman it. to be Nobel yes, Prize. When, when a woman walks on stage. the race. <laughs> it's like every month they're going crazy. How can they focus on their research? You know what I mean? Like, it's fine. I'll take this research and the prize myself. <laughs> okay. I accept it. And thank you. By the way, I feel like we should point out that was a moment where we were in character. <laughs> uh, we do have fans that sometimes take things like this very literally. We'll write in and say, women are very capable at science. And I will agree with them. That was I will all wholeheartedly a joke. agree with them. Women are, I'm going to go ahead and say, dare say, the best scientists. The best scientists. Yes. Okay. Unless they have lots of cats, which, uh, because toxoplasmosis has been proven to or, cause yeah. uh, not only schizophrenia, but bipolar disease, obsessive compulsive disorder, even clumsiness. Damn. So cat ladies be clumsy. Cat right. ladies be tripping. Yeah. Right in thinking, I think Marie Curie is the only person in history to win two different science Nobel Prizes. 
Oh, mm-hmm. oh, oh, I there's used a, to know this. There's a few double Nobel Prize winners other than her, but they're like peace and something else, like peace and literature. And she was saying or... peace, peace and quiet. <laughs> peace, peace and quiet. <laughs> I'll be peace, you be quiet. <laughs> That's like a really prize. bad 80s kids yes. rap duo. <laughs> Yo, I'm peace. I'm quiet. (laughs) Oh my God, this is my favorite line. And what about Bob? He goes, I just want some peace and quiet. And the little boy goes, I'll be peace. And Bob Bill Murray goes, I'll be quiet. Oh my God, I didn't realize that was from that. It's from What About Bob. I've never seen it. It's so good. That movie infuriated me because I always relate to Richard Dreyfuss's in movies like that. Yeah. I was like, why does no one see? Like, Bill Murray's being a dick. Yeah. (laughs) What was the goldfish's name? I can't remember. All I remember is Baby Steps. Yeah, Baby Steps. And I'm the elevator. I'm sailing. <laughs> when he's tied Dale? to the cool. But anyway, we, okay, <laughs> we need to wrap this up. Marie Curie, by the way, I think it was physics and chemistry. She got them both. Well, Kill you know, it. We can Mary. Uh, multiple Nobel. But w- you say Mary, but would we say Marie? Marie. Marie. Marie she was Curie. French. Marie. Yeah. Marie. Marie. Yeah. Nobel laureates of multiple Nobel awards. Yeah. Um, but then she also did die because she didn't realize that radioactive things kill you. Whoops. Yeah, but I mean that's understandable. But if then she was the one who discovered field, it in the first place, right? And it takes a while to realize that it kills you. Props uh, to her. All right. The people, there, there are two committees and four people that have had multiple. John Bardeen, um, he won physics twice, so that doesn't answer your question. Marie Curie, uh, two fields. She won in... Um, Was it um, medicine and physics or physics and chemistry? Physics and chemistry. Physics and chemistry. And Linus Pauling um, was... Peace. One of his was peace. I was believe... it physics and peace? Chemistry and peace. Okay. Chemistry and peace. And then Frederick Sanger, um, Sanger. chemistry twice. There you go. It's like, get go. a new hobby. Right? You did that. <laughs> Been there, done that. You've already like, got chemistry. He's going back, he's going back to that chemistry well, you know? It's like the latest Arcade Fire album. It's like, you guys, uh, been down this road. Beth, yes. where can our listeners find out more about you and what have you got coming up? You can find me at... Well, remember, the, just the homepage is working. It's sweetbeth.com. Okay. I got to figure that out. And then on Twitter, at... Beth Stelling. It's like spelling, but with a T instead of a P. Mm-hmm. Stelling. Beth and Stelling. Oh, and what's coming up? I yeah, what have you got that? Because this is going to come out this week. Right. What mm-hmm. is coming up even? I don't know. Bumbershoot in Seattle. Oh, you did Bumbershoot. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm trying to think what day is It's always July. Labor Day weekend. No, August. It Labor Day weekend? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. There's some other things. I'll well, be around LA for the next couple of weeks doing shows. Well, go and see Beth if she comes near you. She's very, yeah. very funny. And and we've got um the LA Podcast Festival. LA Podcast Festival. Uh, you can there's a link. You can just find it either on probablyscience.com. We'll link to it. And if you go through that link, it'll show that you if you buy a ticket, then like they'll they'll know you came through us. Or you can go directly to LAPodfest.com. Um, yeah, we're appearing there live the weekend of September 26th through the 28th, along with 35 other great podcasts. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. All so for one check that out. Place. We had a lot of fun last time. It was very, yeah, very cool. Yeah, And we'll be able to get uh, some really fun guests. So uh, I'm going to be in the UK for three weeks. I think I'll be at the Edinburgh Festival at some point. I'll definitely be doing at least one set list and one prompter, but I don't know when exactly. Nice. But go if you're at Edinburgh, find me somewhere. Go and see... Past guest of the show, Nick Doody, is going to be up there. I think Will Anson's going to be there doing some shows. Trying to think of other former probably sciences who've... Daniel Sloss, I'm sure, will be doing something up there. Oh, nice. So go and check those guys out. 
I'm going to see Carrie Marks because he's on immediately before Nick's show, and it's his show's great. Uh, and as always, you can send us comments, clarifications, oh, Wendy Wayson. Wendy oh. Wayson is a double guest of the show. Is she's hilarious, and she's going to be doing her show there. And that voice, God, voice. that voice! What a voice! Professional voiceover artist and comedian Wendy Wayson. Dulcet tones of Wendy Wayson. Yeah. Any questions, comments, clarifications? Probably science at gmail dot com. You can tweet us at probably science. Find us on iTunes and write nice things about us. Find us now on Stitcher and mm-hmm. write reviews. Apparently, once five people have written reviews of us on Stitcher, we go on their reviews page. Oh yeah. Even if you so, if you've already written on iTunes, this is a different thing. We would appreciate it if you would go on. Yeah. Stitcher if you're a member of Stitcher. Us- and I would appreciate it more than yes. Beth of them. particularly. If yeah. you give a fuck about Beth, and you really should, right. make her happy by giving us nice reviews. Please mm-hmm. do. But it really helps on both of those things. Unless it really helps me. spread the word. <laughs> Don't write anything. <laughs> you can f write the h off. You can f write the h off. But yeah, probably science at gmail.com. Tweet us at probably science. We will see you next week. Thank you very much for joining us, Beth Stelling. Hey, thanks for having me. Yep, yep. Bye.